0: Let's start the podcast. Your average fight fan. All right, guys, welcome back. Your average fight fan. I am Juan. This is episode 11. We're going to be talking about last night's UFC fight night: Anthony Smith versus Alexander Rakic it was a pretty good one um again once again they surprised me UFC is uh is known for delivering even when there's no big names on the card so they know what they're doing can't take anything away from them so let's get right into it let's start off with just the main card I mean we I could go into the whole card but I'll just do the main card which was only four fights the prelims did have uh the first four fights Ended by submission, so if you started watching it from the early pre, or excuse me from the beginning of the the card, you thought it was going to be a good night. Uh, unfortunately for, I guess everyone, after those first four fights, the rest of all of the fights ended in decision. So, it wasn't the night that we thought it was going to be, the way it started out. But it was still a decent card, some good fighters out there. Let's get right into it. Let's get just talk about the main card here. We got Ricardo Lamas against bill Algio, ricardo lamas goes by the nickname the bully and bill goes by "Señor perfecto why i don't know (laughs) i don't know (laughs) but it's kind of funny so ricardo lamas is now 38 years old he is an american Uh, he's trained in numerous places but he's got a record of 19 and 8 or at least he did coming into this fight six knockouts five submissions he was coming off a loss uh he hasn't fought since last june so just over a year that loss was to Calvin Cater, and it was by TKO. Other than that, though, he's had a pretty decent career. You know, he's had some ups and downs, but he's beat some good guys. Definitely some some good victories in his career, but he's also lost to most of the guys in the top division. Top, of, excuse me, the top of the division. He's got good striking, and he's a good wrestler, so he's always used that to his benefit. But being that he's a good striker, that also has become somewhat of a uh, deficit for him, because you know, sometimes he gets knocked out. So, you know, in past recent years, he's been a little bit too cocky with his striking because, you know, he is a good strike. He's got, he's got knockout power. So, um, like I said, detriment to his standup would be that he does try to get there in the pocket and, you know, one thing leads to another. Sometimes the Cody Garbrand effect happens and you just think you're too good and you get knocked out. But anyway, he was fighting Bill Algio, who's 31 years old. He's from Pennsylvania. He was actually making his UFC debut with a record of 13 and 4. He's got three knockouts, six submissions. Uh, he's coming off a win in another organization. This was technically not his first fight under the UFC umbrella. He did. Uh, he was featured on Dana's Contender Series, but he lost that fight, so he was not given a contract. After that fight, he went off back to his um, organization, won that fight, and then was given his debut for this fight. Just some odds here. Ricardo Lamas was the favorite at minus 280, and Algeo was the underdog at plus 265. I had Ricardo winning two rounds to one, with the last round being a 10-8 round. was pretty dominant. I believe the judges had the same score. I believe the judges had uh, the third round as a 10-8 round. He showed that, look, at 38 years old, ups and downs throughout his career, he's still pretty dangerous when it comes to... You know, people, let's say he's cuz he's not neither one of these guys are ranked. So so when you're talking about guys outside the top 15, he's still pretty dangerous. You know, you give him the right opponent, he can he can be dangerous. I don't think he should be fighting anybody in the top 15 anymore. But when he you're talking about people outside the top 15, like him being the gatekeeper for that division, I think he's still pretty good. And I think that if he wants to continue to fight, like I said outside the top 15, he could still have a decent you know, career for for however many years he has left. So congratulations to Ricardo Lamas. And for Bill Senor Perfecto, he'll be fine. He's, He's a decent fighter. He's strong. He's tall. He'll come back. All right. Moving on to the second fight in the main card. We had a women's flyweight bout between Ji Young Kim, who goes by Fire Fist against Alexa Grasso. Jeon Kim is actually 30 years old. She's from South Korea. She's ranked number 14 in the division. She comes in with a record of 9-2. She had two, knock, uh, excuse me, two knockouts and three submissions, and she was coming off a win. Alexa Grasso is 27 years old. She's from Mexico. She's unranked. She came in with a record of 11-3 with four knockouts, and she was actually coming off a loss to Carla Esparza. But before that, she did beat a top girl in Carolina Kowalkiewicz, who... If you know who Carolina is, you know she's a cutie pie, but she's also dangerous. She's one of my favorite fighters in that division. Not just because she's hot, but because she's a good fighter. So they were fighting for, again, the top of the division. rank number 14 for Ji Young Kim and Alexa Grasso was trying to break that top 15 ranking. Uh, and honestly, I think that the the difference in this fight was that Grasso mixed her attacks up where Ji Young Kim did not. Jin Young Kim was throwing just about everything to the head. She did throw random strikes here and there to the body and to the legs, but for the most part, her attacks were aimed at the head, where Grosso just mixed it up completely to the head, to the body, to the legs. And it was just an all-around more dominant outing, in my opinion, for Grosso. She was even able to take, uh, take down Jin Young Kim in the third round. You know, she outstruck her. Grosso was able to outstrike Kim 123 to 85 in total strikes. And I do think the first round was very, very even. It was a difficult round to score. But I but I also think that rounds two and three were clearly won by Grosso, which even if, let's say, they did give the round, the first round to Ji Young Kim, which is possible because, like I said, it was very, very close. By winning the second and third round in the way that she did, I think that Grosso clearly won this fight by unanimous decision. And by winning she should move into the top 15 hopefully because you know jeong kim was ranked number 14 hopefully she would be in that number at least number 14 but whatever happens she's in the top 15 now and she can start calling out girls uh in the division you know to try to move herself up in the rankings so congratulations to alexa grasso for the big win um and let's see what happens with her career going forward she's a good fighter she's young you know she's got a good base she's a good wrestler good striker so she should be pretty good going forward let's see how Her career progresses going forward now that she's in the top 15. So again, congratulations to Grasso. And we're going to move on now to the co-main event, which was a welterweight bout, 170 pounds. You had ruthless Robbie Lawler taking on the Haitian sensation, Neil Magny. Robbie Lawler is now 38 years old also. He's ranked number 13. He was coming with a record of 28 and 15, 20 knockouts. 20 knockouts, one submission. But he was coming off three straight losses before this fight tough tough to you know lose three in a row and then go up against somebody like neil magny now if you don't know who neil magny is this guy's he's just a cardio machine he's got cardio for days he never stops moving he's always either taking you down or or clinching you against the cage or wrestling you know this guy's just a cardio machine he, his pace and his pressure is unlike most guys in, in any of the division he's he's one of these guys that just never stops moving forward throwing different strikes he he's always in absolutely great shape and that always works to his advantage he doesn't really have holes in his game I mean everybody has obviously weaknesses but the holes in his game are very minimal Um, and like I said he uses that all that stuff to his benefit and in this case you know he's 33 he's six foot three I think he might be the tallest if he's not the tallest he's one of the tallest guys in the division uh he's from illinois but he trains in denver so he trains at altitude that's obviously to his advantage uh rank number 14 i've spoken about this before i don't don't want to see how he could possibly be number 14 it doesn't make any sense at all but he came in with a record of 24 and 7 seven knockouts three submissions coming off back-to-back wins this was your typical striker versus wrestler obviously robbie Lawler being the striker and neil Neil magne being the wrestler you know, M- Magny was able to dominate in the clinch. He was able to dominate with the wrestling and landing strikes where Robbie was not able to even throw those. This fight was similar to Robbie Lawler against Colby Covington, where Magny was just always first, throwing first or or, or clinching first. And he just wouldn't allow Robbie to get his strikes off. You know, the, the, the nickname Ruthless was 100% Robbie Lawler. Just, I don't think that that's him anymore i don't think the ruthless of old is the now the ruthless of of you know 38 year old robbie lawler i think the ruthless of old is no longer and and unfortunately you know because this guy was so exciting to watch he was just one of the craziest most badass dudes when he was at the top of the division when he was a champion defending the title and even before that he was just always always an exciting guy to watch but now it's like man, Robbie Lawler is just not the same guy anymore. And I feel bad because I used to be a huge fan of this guy, and I, I feel bad that now his career has come to this where you just kind of, you know, he doesn't throw much because he, I always feel like he's one step behind his opponents, and I don't know, man. It's just, it's it's sad. But anyway, I think Neil Magny did win all three rounds, which if you know Neil Magny, that is usually the case. When he fights his opponents, he usually, with his pace and the pressure and the cardio, he usually... He usually wins all three rounds. You know, with this win, he moves to 17 wins in the UFC welterweight division. 17. That's only two behind the most wins in the division, which is GSP, which is 19. And this goes and makes my argument for why he's ranked at number 14 even more valid. It makes zero sense that this guy is ranked number 14. He's got... The second most wins in the entire division, in the history of this division, but he's ranked number 14. That makes no sense. How does that make any... He's about to break the all-time leading wins record for the division, but he's ranked number 14. What are we doing? How is he not ranked in the top five? Dana, matchmakers, guys that have Twitter fingers and just sit behind the computer and rank these guys. What are you doing? stop eating Cheetos, get out of your mom's basement and realize that this guy's way better than number 14. Stop it. He needs to be in the top 10. He needs to be in the top five. Enough, enough with the 14th ranked. All right. God, Jesus. I don't understand what the hell's wrong with these people. Anyway, let's move on. Speaking of uh, three rounders, we did have a three round main event. It was a light heavyweight bout at 205 pounds. You had anthony lionheart smith he's 32 against alexander rockage he goes by the nickname rocket uh, he's 28. alexander rockage is six foot five and anthony smith is six foot four anthony being from omaha nebraska he's ranked number five in the division he came in with a record of 33 and 15. 18 knockouts 12 submissions the guy's got an awesome record but again he's coming off a loss to glover to where alexander rockage with a record of 12 and two four of those wins in the ufc he does have a four and one record in the ufc he does have nine knockouts and one submission he was also coming off a loss his loss was to falcon Um after that loss he actually moved his training camp to att he was training in att both guys coming off a loss they're both obviously trying to get back into that win column and work their way up to that title shot and again in the supposed post john Jones era of this light heavyweight division we'll see if that's true or not um, i said this before It just opens up doors for guys who didn't have those doors to the title shot before. So the path to a title shot for these guys is now open where maybe it wasn't before. Rakic is, uh, he has a heavy kickboxing style, but in this particular fight, he showed that he's not just a kickboxer. He showed a different side to his game. He showed that he's a very good wrestling-based ground game now, and that showed tremendously in this fight. I mean, you're talking about you know, Anthony Smith is a black belt in jujitsu where Rokic is a purple belt. You know, he just, I mean, to get the purple belt, you, you could say he's been doing it for, okay, let's say two years, maybe more, maybe depending on who you train with and how and how often you train, you can get the purple belt in two years, but let's just say he's done he's been doing it for three years, which I'm not sure if that's 100% accurate, but let's just say in terms of jujitsu time, let's just say he's been doing it for three years where to get the black belt, some people take 10 years, some people take 15 years, some people take four years. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, it's four years is not really accurate anymore. But that's what that's what, <laughs> that's what uh, BJ Penn said he he did. He said he got the black belt in four years. But let's just say the average person takes ten years to get the black belt. So if you saw this fight, you know that a black belt should at least have his, you know, an an advantage over a purple belt, right? That's usually what happens. But it wasn't the case in this fight. I'm going to go round by round here right away round one rocket starts landing some nasty leg kicks i mean pretty devastating to watch nasty leg kicks i'd say about probably a minute and a half in he landed two back-to-back leg kicks that smith could not take and he just went down and honestly while watching this fight i really thought this was the end of the fight smith was covering up like a man who really had no way out he, he had nothing else to do but cover up and wait for the ref to stop it but fortunately for anthony smith I think, in my opinion, Rockage did not do what he needed to do to end this fight early, Uh, and Smith was able to get up, withstand this initial onslaught, and reverse it to where he got back up to his feet and was able to clinch Rockage against the cage. You know, he was already hurt to the legs with all these nasty leg kicks that, you know, like I said, put him down. So he figured, why not try to take his back and submit him? So that's what he did. He jumped on Rockage's back. Unfortunately, that lasted just about five seconds, and Rockage kind of took him off you know and and landed back on top again he was able to control the rest of the round with like i said before top control ground and pound and just showed that man this guy does have a does have a top game and apparently his wrestling is not what people thought it was so i gave that round 10-9 to rockage round two again the kicks they were there they continued and they continued to hurt smith you know rockage was clearly and i mean clearly the stronger fighter in there you know while his back was against the cage now again this is one of the only things that anthony smith did well in this fight he was able to clinch against the cage but then again he didn't do it well enough because he wasn't there long enough and he wasn't able to withstand the strength of rockage rockage was able to with his back against the cage get the underhooks and throw anthony smith to the ground from the clinch i'm talking about throw this guy on the ground from there it was just more top control more ground and pound and for most of the time remaining in the round it was rockage on top once again i gave that round to rockage 10-9 making it 2-0 for rockage you know when you're up 2-0 your opponent really has very few ways to win either knockout or submission is pretty much the only way they're going to win round three was more of the same the kicks were there they were landing they were hurting smith so what does smith do right away he goes for a takedown that's you know when you're hurt when you can't really use your legs your striking is not there anymore you go for a takedown and that's what he did only problem was Rockage reversed it and landed on top well at that point he set up shop and just <laughs> controlled the rest of the round with ground and pound and just top control and you know that's that's pretty much how this fight went round one top control rockage round two top control rockage round three you guessed it top control rockage the only difference was that he was on top control and dominated so much in round three that I gave him a 10-8 round. I'm pretty sure that the, the refs gave him that as well. I'm not 100% sure about that, but in my opinion, it was a 10-8 round. I mean, you're talking about top control time in total was 12 minutes and 16 seconds for Rockich. Top control in total timing for Smith was five seconds, total five seconds out of three rounds. I have to remind you, Anthony Smith is a black belt in jiu-jitsu. rocket is a purple belt that's a huge difference in times excuse me in time of you know training practice overall time of being in in a, in a gi not a gi that's a that's a huge difference in skill level it's huge but apparently the you know the big difference in this was not the jiu-jitsu the, sk- the difference in this fight was the strength of rockage and his wrestling people do not see this guy as a wrestler but maybe they need to start now cuz his wrestling was very very good Again, the difference in time was huge, and then the difference in total strikes was also huge. You know, the total strikes landed were 136 to 20 in favor of Rockage. You know, overall this was a dominant—I mean, very, very dominant win for Alexander Rockage, who's you know not a big name, and he's coming into this division trying to make a splash. And what better way to do that than to take out the number five guy in that way? You know, this by win by winning this fight and beating anthony smith he should be in the top five now that should put him in the top five uh and he thinks he is and by doing that they asked him who do you want next and he said I'm, i want the winner of blakowicz and reyes who you know they, they should be fighting next for the vacant title uh and he said i want the winner of that fight i want next to the title so we'll see what happens with the division i mean whether john jones leaves or not whether he vacates the title whether he moves to heavyweight or stays at light heavyweight, or maybe doesn't vacate the title, moves up to heavyweight, wins a title. You know, he tries to be a two-division two champion. Whatever happens with this division, it's going to be interesting because the guys that are coming up, they're getting nastier and nastier. And let's be honest, if you watch John Jones's previous fight, his last fight, many people, including myself, thought he lost that fight. So his competition is getting better and better. And honestly, he's, he's not getting you know his skill level is not diminishing i just don't think that he's training as much i don't think he's motivated as much i don't think that he's the same fighter that he was four years ago five years ago where he was just dominating guys and it wasn't even close that's not the case anymore john jones is still in my opinion one of the best fighters ever if it wasn't for the steroids he might be the the best or the greatest of all time but you, you have to take into account the steroids and you have to take in, into account the drugs and all the shit that he does outside of the cage. If it wasn't for that, I would consider him the greatest of all time, but because of that, I can't. But I have to see and I have to respect his his career and his skill level and everything else. He's still one of the best fighters in any division, but it is not the same as it was four or five years ago where he used to dominate guys, wasn't even close. He would just finish guys in, the, in wherever, however, or wherever he wherever he wanted that's not the case anymore and these guys know it and like i said his last fight many people including myself think thought he lost that fight however on paper he won so technically he's still undefeated but if you want to be um technically sound as far as on paper his record does show that he has one loss which is bullshit obviously uh, anybody who knows his career knows that 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 was a bullshit loss he got disqualified for uh using the 12 to 6 elbow which means you're striking somebody with your elbows going straight down from top to bottom it's a stupid rule it's always been a dumb rule and that's his only loss on paper so we'll see what happens if he does move up to heavyweight I want to see what happens I want to see who he fights and what happens there and I really want to see what happens with this light heavyweight division you know it's it's going to be interesting no matter what happens but we just have to wait and see you know for now it's just it's just a twitter game where he said I'm you know, vacating the title and blah, 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 and this and that. I'm moving up to heavyweight. But the UFC has not confirmed that. The UFC has not confirmed a fight. The UFC has not confirmed a date, an opponent, nothing. So as of right now, as of today, uh, John Jones is still the light heavyweight champion. And we'll see what happens. They have not confirmed a fight for a vacant title yet. None of that stuff's been confirmed. So we'll see what happens. If it is, awesome. If it's not, we'll see what happens. All right, that is all that I have for you guys today. Again, I know it's a short episode. Um, there's not much going on in the world of MMA right now. Um, I'll try to, you know, do some more research for your next for our next episode, maybe. Even then, next the next fight card is not a great one either. And by I don't mean a great one by, they're not being good fighters on there. I'm just saying it's not a good car, it's not a great card because there's not big names on it. Um, Alistair Overeem is the main event but he's not fighting a big name. So it gets it gets a little tricky. Um, and, and of course, when you're doing a podcast about MMA and fighters, you know, it, it's tough to talk about all these people and all these great fighters when there's not a lot of big names on there. Uh, and let's be honest, I'd say now probably more than 60% of MMA fans are just your casual fan who likes to see big names. Um, maybe even more than that, maybe 70%, maybe 75%. I don't know. But There's not, it's clearly much, much more than your diehard fans like me who know every fighter, who know all the stats about every fighter. Like, you want to get in there and do your research and learn. And those those type of fans, let's be honest, there's just not enough anymore. Um, And it is what it is. I mean, it's a huge sport. It's growing. And just like any huge sport, you're going to have tons and tons of fans that just like watching... The main event and that's the truth and it's okay you know what it's even it's even it's better that way because the more people you have watching you know the more money this sport makes and the the bigger it gets and that's why the UFC is now on ESPN and you know they're considered one of the top five big sports in the U.S. now in my opinion top four because the NHL has has dropped considerably in fans and just about everything so in my opinion uh it's it's top four sports Anyway, uh, that's all I have for you guys today. I, again, I just want to say a big thank you to all the listeners. I want to say a big thank you for everyone who's subscribed. And if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed, if you could, you would do me a huge favor and you'd help out the channel a ton. Just click that subscribe button. If you haven't already, give me a, give me a like, leave a comment, you know, share this with your friends. You can follow me on social media. I will put the links in the description. I have a Facebook. I have a Twitter, all that good stuff. You know, I have Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. all, All my stuff will be in the description. As always, I am Juan. This is your Average Fight Fan. Stay safe out there. Thank you again. Good night. Your Average Fight Fan.